Well, Graham spoke to us last week about Moses um, in our series of the dawning of a new day. And it was Moses who liberated the Israelites from slavery. And um, he led them for 40 years through the desert um, towards the prosperous land that God had promised. And um, sadly, just before reaching the promised land, um, Moses actually died, which is where we meet our character for this week. So um, Joshua is introduced to us right at the end of Deuteronomy, and he's the new leader of Israel. Um, So the book of Joshua starts straight after Deuteronomy, but it's not actually the first time that his name is mentioned through the Bible. We kind of um, see him throughout Moses's story uh, and he appears as his aide or as Moses's servant throughout all of those like kind of big Bible events. Um, And, you know, even if you've never been to church, um, you may have heard of the story of Moses going up Mount Sinai and receiving from God the Ten Commandments. And he was up there for 40 days meeting with the Lord. And it's not common knowledge, and it actually makes me smile to think that Joshua actually went up the mountain with Moses and waited just below the top for Moses to receive these commandments as his servant and as his aide. And I feel like I can just imagine Joshua Um, sitting kind of just below the top and he can see Moses, but he can also hear the people down below. And the scriptures actually say that Moses meeting with God looked like this big fiery cloud and that the people below actually sounded like they were at war while they were worshiping idols and um, being super sinful and, um, you know, building the the golden calf. And I feel like I can just imagine Joshua standing there for 40 days, kind of worrying if he should go up or maybe he should go down or maybe he should just wait for Moses. But it turns out he did wait and he came back down with Moses um, and brought the Ten Commandments along with him. Um, And so we kind of see Joshua mentioned throughout stories, uh, just as in that one, along as Moses's um, servant. But now that Moses has died, Deuteronomy ends in chapter 34, verse 9, by saying, Now Joshua, the son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid hands on him. So the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord commanded Moses. So we see now that that Moses had died and the same spirit that was within Moses is now within Joshua as he's called to lead the Israelites into the promised land. And so before we kind of like flip the next page and open the book of Joshua, let's pray. Uh, Father, we're so thankful for um, your word and the spirit of wisdom that we all have access to, God. We're so thankful that um, these promises have made have been made available to us through um, through the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus, God. Help us to receive your word today with a heart that is like a clean slate, Lord. Let us not worry about what we've done in the past or who we think we are, God, but let us um, be renewed and transformed by uh, your word that is alive and active, Lord. I pray that um, my word would be anointed today and it would be um, received into hearts across across the um, channels of Northeast Online, Lord, and that we would leave this encounter with you changed and transformed in Jesus' name. Amen. So in the first chapter of Joshua, in the, in the NIV, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to the desert to Lebanon and from the great river 
to the Euphrates and all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. He goes on to say, be strong and courageous because you, Joshua, will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Again, he says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. And then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And then the Lord stops speaking, but then we see Joshua, it says, So Joshua, straight away after the meeting, ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your supplies ready because three days from now you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord promised you. So from the outset, we kind of notice that um, the Lord repeats the phrase, be strong and very courageous three times to Joshua in their initial meeting. And, you know, maybe that's a quote that we've seen before on our Pinterest pages and our Instagram. Maybe we even have it on the wall because uh, even without context, it's super inspirational. It's very encouraging. And uh, it just gives us that reminder that the Lord is for us and is not against us. But I really believe that the Lord wasn't just here being insistent that Joshua takes his commands and is strong and is courageous. But I feel like when we kind of open up this scripture a little bit more and unpack it, we kind of see that God has actually given um, three exhortations or three kind of instructions from the outset of Joshua's leadership and reassuring him to be strong and courageous for the Lord is with him. Um, It makes me feel like it's the Lord's kindness and his reassurance that's pulling Joshua into his new phase of life as a leader and not a servant that um, empowers Joshua to really take hold of the calling that God has bestowed upon his life. And so of these three commandments or three instructions, the first one is where the Lord says, your territory will extend. And he describes a few places, but he's pretty much saying your territory will extend to the north, south, east and west. And I feel like I can kind of imagine Joshua, who is this warrior and this servant kind of contemplate the logistics of what's that look of what that's going to look like and start to get a little bit panicked, get a little bit fearful and start to doubt what he's actually doing and why he's there. And then the Lord goes on to say, and as I was with Moses, I was with you. And I feel like maybe I can read that and we can read that in this like super hindsight and think that's actually really encouraging. The Lord's promising to be with you, but we need to remember that this is to our knowledge, the first time that Joshua has had a personal encounter with God. He's always been following Moses's instruction and Moses's leadership. But here we see Joshua in this first interaction saying, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. And maybe Joshua is having a flashback to when he was on the mountain and Moses was gone for 40 days in a big fiery cloud. I feel like that wouldn't give many people much reassurance. But then God says, he says, And he sees the fear and says, be strong and courageous to Joshua. And then the second up, uh, God says to Joshua, he said, you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors. 
And again, I feel like Joshua's eyes would just think back to the last 40 years of wandering through the desert and the wilderness where Moses was supposed to be leading these people to the promised land. And I feel like Joshua would be thinking, Moses was the wisest guy I knew. He was a great leader. The people revered him. And in 40 years, he couldn't lead these people um, into the promised land. How am I supposed to do it as an unqualified warrior? But God again sees this fear and he says, be strong and very courageous. And then lastly, God says, and I love how the message translation puts this. He says, make sure you carry out the revelation that Moses commanded you. Every bit of it. Don't get off don't get off track either left or right so as to make sure that you get where you're going and don't for a minute let this book of the revelation be out of mind ponder and meditate on it day and night making sure you practice everything written in it then you will get where you're going and then you'll succeed so maybe now Joshua is thinking yeah great so I know where I'm going I'm going to the promised land I'm leading 40,000 troops there all good and God says, says that I'm going to succeed, but all I need to do to succeed is to remember every single thing that Moses taught me and every single thing that God taught him. I feel like, again, he, his mind would just be filled with self-doubt and concern, thinking, I'm not a scholar or a teacher or a leader. I'm a warrior and I'm a servant and I fight in battles and I wear armor. If, if Moses, the wisest man, was the one to meet God, how could I, Joshua, son of none, be qualified to do this? But once again, we see the Lord interrupting his thoughts and assuring, reassuring him, saying, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And what I love about this kind of first chapter in this first meeting that Joshua has with God is that Joshua entered that encounter as a servant of Moses and a warrior of the people, but he left it as a leader appointed by God. And straight away, we see him leading his people, gathering his officers, getting ready to cross the Jordan River. And maybe it doesn't get as much hype as when jo when Moses split the Red Sea, but Joshua goes on to split the Jordan River and lead 40,000 people across it. And I, for one, am deeply encouraged to see that one encounter with the Lord saw Joshua entering in as one person and leaving as a completely different person. And I feel like that should show all of us as Christians or as Christ followers the power that is in a single interaction with the Lord, a personal encounter with the Lord. Feel like it makes me imagine like if every single Christian or every single um, Christ follower commits to like 10 minutes a day of praying and reading the word and sitting in God's presence and actually having this individual encounter with a heart that believes that we can be transformed and a spirit that believes that we can be made new in each one of these. Um, imagine the power that it would have to transform the church across the world, the, amount, the power that it would have to change nations. In Psalm 19, it says that God's law refreshes the soul, makes the simple wise and gives joy to the heart. And I just imagine how different the state of the church across the world would be if we found truth and solace in scriptures like that instead of the things that the world offers. And I actually wonder how many of us actually find a version of ourselves in this story of Joshua. 
I kind of like think back to that story of how Joshua was, was on the mountain. And I actually think that he pr- probably would have been pretty comfortable in that position. He was kind of like far enough away from God and a little bit below Moses that he didn't actually need to go forth into the fiery cloud and meet with God and collect the commandments and, you know, carry the law and things like that. But he also wasn't far enough down the mountain that he was with the sinners and the ones worshiping idols and making the golden calf and things like that. He was kind of in this middle zone where he was void of responsibility, but also void of the really bad kind of sin. And I feel like that is the condition of so many Christians today. We find ourselves in that same position where we kind of want to let the preacher or the pastor or the one who seems a little bit more holy to go up. You meet with God, you get the revelation and you bring it down and give me the distilled, nice little packaged uh, version of it. And instead we think we go to church on a Sunday, you know, we read our Bible occasionally. I've got the Bible app on my homepage on my iPhone. And so really I'm not down with the sinners who are doing all the really bad things and worshiping idols and doing perverse things and things like that. We kind of discount ourselves from that, but also void ourselves from the responsibility of seeking God ourselves. And I feel like even when we're kind of reading stories in the New Testament, we still put ourselves in there. We read of how, um, you know, Jesus came into this world and he was he was like the fulfillment of the law that Moses was bringing. He was um, the son of God, the ultimate leader, the one we call our savior. And it's so nice to read the stories of how he comes down and he performs miracles. There's signs and wonders. He spends 40 days in the wilderness fasting and seeking God. And then we get to see him come back in stories like the Sermon on the Mount. And I just imagine us all putting ourselves somewhere like halfway up the hill where we're not really sitting with the dirty sinners, but just close enough to Jesus that we can say, oh yeah, we're with him. We wouldn't go into the wilderness and we're not fasting for 40 days, but we're with that guy. And then the same thing is when um, the disciples are with Jesus on the boat and Peter steps out and gets called out. And, you know, even though he falls and he um, starts to sink due to lack of faith, he was the one with enough faith to actually leave the boat. Whereas I feel like there's so many Christians, so many churchgoers who are content sitting in the boat. And while they're not the ones who are on the land still wanting to kill Jesus and wanting to rebel against him, they're kind of with Jesus, but they're not taking the step out to have that personal encounter with him. But just as Moses died and made this way for the spirit of God to come upon Joshua, when Jesus died and was resurrected, he left that same spirit that was with Moses and that same spirit that was with Joshua and that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. He left it there for us so that we could go up the mountain, we could have a personal encounter with God, and we could take that and take those commandments and be changed as leaders leaders in our communities and in our families and in our circle, leading people into the promised land as God has called us to. And so where does that kind of like leave us from here? It means that now the responsibility is ours to step out of the boat, to walk up the mountain, to seek God for ourselves and actually take his charges. And the calling that, that Joshua received remains the same for us. He's, God says, be strong and courageous. And so as we're kind of going into a new week or maybe you're going into a new season or facing new challenges, 
Let me remind you of this story and speak these promises over you prophetically that God will expand your territories. He will give you more ground to cover. He will give you more ability to speak hope and life and love into those around you. And even when it seems impossible, when you look around you at the people surrounding you and you look even at who you are, unqualified, full of sin, not made for something like this, God will still use you to lead the people around you. And for you, God says, be strong and courageous as you go forward into that. And when God is calling you to lead people, he's calling you to act in a way that the culture doesn't act in. We act in a way that we are renewed and transformed by the blood of Christ. Each time we have an encounter with with God, we are renewed, we are transformed, and we stand against the cultures of this world. And when God is calling you to be a leader, take this as your promise. God says, be strong and courageous. And when God says to you, be obedient to me, he says, learn my commands and keep my law. Church, can I implore you? to be strong and courageous. Don't write yourself off because you haven't read anything for more than five minutes in your life, or you don't know where in the Bible to start, or maybe the church has hurt you before. The call is still the same, be strong and courageous. God says to Joshua the same as what he says to us. He says, don't be discouraged or disheartened for the Lord is with you wherever you go. Don't settle for being halfway up the mountain, church. Don't settle for being the one sitting in the backseat of the boat. Don't be the one judging the, the sinners from down the bottom of the mountain, but still keeping arm's length from the Lord on the top. The word says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 15 to 16 in the Amplified, and this is a hectic one. It says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold, bottom of the mountain, nor hot, up in the fiery cloud on the top of the mountain. In fact, I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm, in brackets, spiritually useless, and neither hot nor cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth, rejecting you with disgust. And I feel like if that is where you feel like you fit in this morning, you can take heart that that is not the only promise for you that you're gonna get vomited out of the mouth of the Lord. But instead there is renewal. Instead, there is newness, there is grace, there is the spirit of wisdom that because of Jesus' death, we have been left, not through any works, not through any earnings of our own, but through what Christ did. He fulfilled the law. He lived perfectly. He died for you, he died for me, and he was resurrected once more. And so it doesn't have to be the end of your story because just like with Joshua, it takes only one true encounter with the Lord to be transformed. And my favorite part of this chapter is that straight after the meeting, Joshua stepped out in faith and prepared the officers to cross the Jordan River three days later. After this one encounter with God, he was ready to lead 40,000 people across a river that is like 30 meters deep and uh, 30 meters wide and 15 meters deep. And I feel like as individuals and as a community, as a church, Let's be a church that's committed to having personal encounters with the Lord. We don't want to rely on preachers. We don't want to rely on Instagram or social media, but we are strong and courageous in our own faith and in accepting the calling that Ephesians says to be live a life worthy of the calling that you've received. 
And so if individuals and as a church together, we have these personal encounters with God, and then we can step out and start living our lives like God is going to show up. But to do that, we need to be strong and courageous. So let me pray for you as we finish. God, we are so thankful that you believe in us even when we don't believe ourselves. That the whole book of the Bible is just um, filled with hope and love and redemption, God. And as a um, broken people at the bottom of the mountain, God, we cry out to you that you would extend your hand once more in mercy, God, as we surrender to your goodness and your sovereignty, Lord. I pray for every person who identifies with any part of this story, God, and I pray that you would give them the faith and the strength and the courage to step out and meet with you, God. And we know that um, because of what Jesus has done, you are already waiting to meet with us, Lord. So I pray that lives would be transformed as we reach out to you, not just on a Sunday morning, but for every day of um, the rest of our lives, God. We would give our lives to you. We would step out in faith. We would go beyond what our mind can understand. And we would live a life worthy of the calling that you have given us. And that is to um, have expanded territories to be leaders in our community, to be faithful um, readers and obedient to your law, God. I pray that every time we open the Bible, you would teach us, you would be with us as you were with Moses and as you were with Joshua and as you were with Jesus, God. I pray that you would be with us, bringing it to life, helping us to adhere to it, to revere and to love your law, God. I pray that we would be transformed every time we have an encounter with you and we would be disciplined in seeking you and we would be um, fearfully in love with you, God, and that that would be our ultimate fulfillment, that we would be able to lead other people into that love around us, God. And we love you and we pray in your precious saving name. Amen.